ES Audio. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. My name is Lawrence Delalio, and I founded the charity Delalio Rugby Works back in 2009. I grew up in the East End of London for six, seven years of my life. Uh, my mum and dad ran a newsagent sweet shop in Stepney, which was interesting, colourful, uh, lively. And then my mum had an epiphany and moved from uh, Bethnal Green to Barnes in southwest London. My upbringing was happy. Myself and my sister, she was three years older than me. We went to state school and then somehow, I don't know what happened, but my parents must have robbed a bank or something and they came across a bit of money and they sent us to private school, my sister's scholarships. She was a ballet dancer, amazing dancer. And then the backdrop of that was that my father was Italian. So I had this kind of slightly European sort of uh, flavor to it, really. So yeah, happy times. At the age of 13 or 14, I was quite mischievous, really. I was definitely not straightforward. But then again, I think you could just be a young person at that age. You know, there was no technology to, you know, to find out where you were or track you or, you know, you used to go out, play outside in the streets, play in the playground, you know, plant trees. I mean, the things that kept you busy at that age were very different to what our children are engaged in now. You had a handful of friends that lived locally and they were your friendship group. There wasn't all this kind of wider network. At the age of 13, my life sort of changed quite dramatically, really, because my parents sent me from living at home, being in a day school, uh, to going up to Ampleforth, which was a, a Catholic boarding school in the middle of uh, Yorkshire. So uh, I don't know what I'd done wrong, but she sent me up there to be educated by Benedictine monks. Um, and that's kind of where I started to engage with rugby, really, because it's a big rugby school. And that was an interesting period for me. And I was sort of spent three months at a time going backwards and forwards from uh, Yorkshire back down to London. I had some good reports from certain uh, teachers, not many, but they never said they didn't like me. They just said that they found me quite challenging. English literature, well, I'd like to write something about Lawrence, but I haven't seen him yet this term. I was thinking, well, I'm not sure that one's going to make it home. I don't think my mum needs to be knowing that she's spending £10,000 a term to uh, not turn up for English literature. But yeah, listen, I had an amazing time there, loved it. But uh, it's very different to how school is now. Very, very different. I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to be a rugby player. Rugby came into my life at a time when I really needed it most. I lost my sister on the Marchioness Riverboat disaster in 1989. Uh, I had a couple of really terrible years where I was, you know, going through all sorts of grief, got excluded from ample force. You know, it was just in my best interest post Francesca's death to be at home, really. And, and then I, two years later, I thought, right, I need to sort myself out. So I joined a rugby club and it happened to be Wasps. And I spent the next few years really kind of moving forward in the right direction. So for me, the why I play rugby was to help myself to turn my life around, to help my parents, to use rugby as a way of harnessing maybe all that anger and all that emotion that I had and in a positive way. So during my rugby career, when I was playing, I was asked to get involved in a number of charities. And within my timetable, I was always happy to help. You put your name as a sports person to a particular campaign and you help to drive awareness and raise money. And Throughout my career, I realised that I was actually quite a good pot filler for charities. You know, I raised over £10 million throughout my playing career for various different causes. And then as I got towards the end of my career, I thought to myself, I really feel quite strongly about giving back, but I want to do it for something that I feel really passionate about. And I looked at the area of young people and using rugby as a way of helping young people, which is exactly what happened to me. Then I started to realise that there's not many charities that work in this space because it's really quite hard. So I looked at disadvantaged young kids and then that took me to Cooper Referral Unix Exclusion Zones and I just became more and more curious, really. My name is Ryan Davis. 
my early life, so maybe six or seven years ago, I was having trouble getting kicked out of school, misbehaving, and I ended up in a PRU in the Ronda called Tiguan Education Centre. A PRU stands for Purple Referral Unit, and it is where kids that get permanently excluded or expelled from schools end up as kind of a last resort. So I was told uh, when I first got thrown out of comprehensive school at the beginning of year eight that I was going to end up in prison or I was going to end up in trouble and not have a future. When I first began in Tiguan Education Centre, I struggled as I didn't really know anybody. I was new to the school, so I wasn't friends with anybody. I was away quite to myself, quiet, because I was in year eight and it was full of boys a lot bigger and older than me. There's so many kids that get expelled from school and then the journey that they go on post-exclusion is not a good one. And, you know, most of these young people are born into what I call quite chaotic circumstances. No young person's born bad. They're just born into a difficult situation, whether it's drug abuse, violent abuse, one parent, no parents, language issues, generational unemployment, generational illiteracy. Whereas I was born into the opposite of that. I was born into a family that gave me unconditional love. And when I say unconditional, I mean... When the police used to knock on the door, my mother used to answer it and say, mm, not my Lawrence, must be the wrong address. That's definitely unconditional love and a belief system that you could go out and conquer the world. Uh, so that's the kind of the spark that really initiated Rugby Works, using rugby as a hook, which is what it did for me, but then taking young people on a journey from the age of 14 to 17, 18, with a purpose of getting them into full-time employment and education. And I was horrified, really, to learn that there's about 120 exclusions a week, which is a big number, that the chances of any of those young people achieving any degree of success in their life once they're excluded drops down to about 1.5% in terms of their qualifications, in terms of their experiences. So that was the kind of key driver. And uh, yeah, that and, and the charity's been going like that ever since, really. I'm Zena Hobson. I'm the Chief Executive of Delalier Rugby Works, and it's my honour and privilege to have been in that role since September 2021. Keeping this on the down low and the QT, not publicly putting it out in a broadcast, obviously, um, I didn't really follow rugby. So I knew about Lawrence simply from 2003, because that was a big event, and I've always followed big sporting events. So I kind of knew he was a bit of an iconic rugby player, I'd sort of seen some stuff around about him in the media, but wasn't really that engaged with him. And so when I went to meet him as a part of the initial sort of selection process and, you know, meet and greet, I must admit my first thought was, my goodness me, that man's built like a brick, rude word, house. And the size of his hands made me realise I didn't actually know that many rugby players. So Zena Hobson has come into Rugby Works life a few years ago. She is a force of nature, incredible lady. There's a real presence when she enters a conversation. And she came on board because we felt, as an organisation, we are a sports charity, but we're more of an educational charity that uses sport as a way of engaging. So Zena came on board as a trustee. She's a former chair of Ofsted. She's run businesses. She's sold businesses. She's worked in education for a long, long time. But she's also worked, you know, across the other side in business and corporate. And she gets stuff done. And she gets it done in a brilliant way. And she's genuinely, I think, very, very genuinely passionate about the cause, you know, about working with this cohort of young people. I thank my lucky stars every day that I have someone as, as good as she is. So Rugby Works is the most wonderful, tiny charity, and we really punch way above our weight. And what we do at Delania Rugby Works, and, and it's been an evolving feast, 
because although Lawrence actually set up a foundation as far back as 2009, for the first sort of five years of its life, it really fundraised for other charities. And over that period, Lawrence became more and more aware that very few charities were working directly with disadvantaged young people living in communities with very little opportunity. And so he wanted to focus on that. And his particular passion was what happens to young people when they've been excluded from school. Because if you're living in poverty and you're excluded from school, really your whole rug has been ripped out from under your feet and you've really got very little to stand on. So he wanted to look at whether he could actually pivot his foundation into a charity that directly supported those young people. And that is exactly what has happened and what has evolved really since 2014. And what we do is we work in the centres that young people get moved to when they're thrown out of ordinary schools. And we provide them with a programme that develops their skills and gives them potential qualification, a sports leader's qualification, really looks at improving their physical fitness, looks at mental health and resilience and confidence and developing those and really works with young people and employers to raise their aspirations and to show them routes to work. And we do that through a mixture of on the field, outdoors, rugby games, rugby training, rugby practice, rugby exercises, rugby drills and other sports. We do welcome other sports, but predominantly rugby, because what rugby brings as a sport in itself is incredible teamwork, discipline, respect, boundaries. What happens on the pitch stays on the pitch. A whole load of lessons for life. And rugby's really good at those in a really respectful environment. But of course, it's also brilliant at anger management. And a lot of our young people have anger management issues. And then a series of sort of more, I suppose you might say, classroom-based, workshop-based interventions with young people. And the magic sprinkled over all of that is our fantastic, authentic coaches and staff who have often come from the same backgrounds as these young people who are passionate about youth work, who are passionate about rugby, and who bring an authenticity to what they do. So although I could go into a lot of detail, at the essence of what we do is we do up to a three-year programme with young people who've been excluded from school with the sole aim of helping them get into employment, educational training, and sustain that when they're 18. Statistically, they've got about a 50% chance of achieving that. If they do our programme, they've got about an 85% chance of achieving that. I think there are a number of uh, young people that have come through the programme who have gone on to achieve you know, full-time employment and education. And once you're in a job, the chances are you tend to stay in a job for six months or more. Many of the young people that have come through the Rugby Works programme have ended up being coaches or mentors, I mean, Dan Lee, who runs our program down in Wales. Yes, you did hear it here, Wales. Lawrence Delalia works in Wales, helping young people down there. You know, he came from that background. He was one of those young people that was in a very difficult situation of being excluded from all sorts of different places, many schools. And he's turned his life around and now he's our lead coach in Wales. Another one that I remember is a young lad called Ryan Davis from Wales. And he was having all sorts of behavioural issues at school you know, getting uh, thrown out. And some people are meant to be in mainstream education and others, it's not that they don't want to be there. They're just, you need to find a spark, something that interests them, something that makes them want to turn their behaviour around. And I think with Ryan, it was golf in the end, which was, uh, and you know, to find a young man who's come from a state school in Wales and ended up being an incredibly talented golfer and using that as his focus and his drive. So initially I was told that I wouldn't be able to complete any GCSEs due to my poor behaviour and missing out on a lot of work due to being excluded or being in internal exclusion for misbehaving. But it was on my first day in the school that Delalio Rugby Works were in. 
actually offered uh, some mentoring, which would help me get back on track. I had a coach's email. If I had any issues, I could contact him. And also the coaches, if I took work into sessions, I'd be able to sit there and they'd be able to help me through it. So Delalio Rugby Works came into the school every Wednesday afternoon for a two-hour slot where we would complete the first half doing our SLQ booklets, uh, the sports leader qualification. And then the second half, we'd then have fun, play rugby and learn the skills that you get from teamwork. I never really got on with teachers myself. It, I kind of liked having someone there to speak to instead of someone just shouting loads of information at me. So having someone to talk to about anything, maybe that's work outside of life, any issues that I've got, and they can just sit down and have a chat like it's your friend instead of a teacher was great. After I left Tiguan Education Centre, I went to Harpery Sports College in Gloucester to focus on golf. And I remained in contact with Dan Lee, who is the regional coordinator here in Wales. So I finished my first year in Harpery and decided I wanted to come home due to being homesick. And so then me and Dan started chatting a lot more. And that's when I was offered the coaching role at Delalio Rugby Works. So we work with over 12 different programmes, whether that's in community centres, community settings, schools, pupil referral units. And we also work in a local prison here in Wales. Roughly, we'll have three or four sessions a day. So we'll mainly focus on completing the SLQ booklets and helping young people get an extra qualification. But we also like to focus on the rugby or team aspect where we teach social skills, communications, maybe self-belief and help them get through life. Being uh, an alumni of Delario Rugby Works, I think helps me massively now as a coach as I can share and relate my past experience with other young people. Maybe that's issues they're having in school with their behaviour, maybe being excluded, maybe not wanting to get involved in sessions. But I think when you're involved, it gives you a lot of relief and you can enjoy yourself. I get inspired by looking back at what I was and what I've now achieved and become. There is light at the end of the tunnel for everybody and they can always do something with their life. Do not give up. Keep going. Currently, I'm enjoying working at Delario Rugby Works, helping young people all across Wales. So I can see myself staying here for a very long time. 60% of the team that work at Delalio Rugby Works are under 25. They are fantastic. Over 30% of them have had the same lived experience as our young people. And they get out of bed every day, whatever age they are and whatever their background, and they give 100%. And then they look to give that 10% more. And that just makes them absolutely electric. Obviously, we want to grow. We want to work with more young people. We want to have more impact. We want to enable more young people to get into employment. We want to divert more young people from prison or when they've been excluded and therefore in prison, help them get to get back into society. So we want to do more. But that isn't just about doing more in new geographies, although we do want to do that. That's about doing more in the places we already work. So if we're already working with a pupil referral unit in Birmingham, we want to work with them all. We want to work with all the exclusion units. That's about spending more time with the young people. So spending five or six hours with them in their alternative provision exclusion unit, pupil referral unit, but then working with them in the evening, in youth clubs, in sports clubs, and then going with us to those places, working with them in the holidays. So it's spending more time with the young people we work with, I think is part of that growth plan. Part of it is going into new areas. I'd love to be in Scotland. I'd love to be in Cork, in 
islands. I'd love to be working in Leeds. There are places that are crying out for us. The Isle of Wight that are phoning us up every day saying, please, can you come here? And it's just about getting the funds to go there. So there's definitely new places. And then I think there are groups of excluded young people we don't yet do as much with as we would like. The secure estate, the prison population, mental health units, because our mission is to include the excluded. So doing more in, in different provision. And then I think finally doing something new, really developing some new programmes that really capture the idea of from participant to CEO. Delalio Rugby Works cannot do what it does without our supporters. And our supporters, our main bulk of supporters are those employers who are willing to work with us to work with young people. They offer them opportunities to come into the workplace and taste what that career might be like. They offer them work experience. They offer them employability workshops, CV writing, interview skills, public presentations, dragons dens. Our employers are just the backbone of what we do. But many of them are supporters in other ways. They actually donate money directly to us so that we can work with cohorts of young people. And then we have a group of supporters who come with us on all of our fundraising journeys and they generously take part in the activities that we put on in order to directly raise funds. And then we have donors and our supporters, whether they're high net individuals, individuals just with a passion for taking on a challenge and raising money or whether they're businesses, they are very much the real integration of what we do. And we couldn't do what we do without them doing what they do. They are integral to us. My name is Paul Bashir. I'm the CEO of Europe for Harrison Street Capital. I'd first heard about Delalio Rugby Works um, via mutual friends, actually, who supported the charity. And I was invited along to a lunch a couple of years ago. And I heard a presentation by a, a young person who had gone through the program. And quite frankly, I was blown away by their story and what the charity did. And I quickly met Zena and quickly learned about the charity and learned about um, the way it touched you know people's lives and, and how it did that and I was incredibly impressed and coming from the northeast of England from a, a rugby background I very much saw the benefits of what it was trying to achieve and the benefits of you know the program to the people it was touching and ever since then I've tried to you know do what I can to support the charity and uh, get involved where I can. I guess as CEO of Europe for Harrison Street, we you know we employ around fifty people in Europe. But actually, as a as an investment business in real estate, we touch several hundred other employees across many different uh, walks of life, and we're in a pretty privileged situation. And as such, that you know, I engage with probably two or three charities on an annual basis. We have a passion for young people and children, so generally speaking, that's the theme around the charitable focus of our business. And Delalio Rugby Works was a, a perfect charity for us because it talked about that older cohort of children. We, we had charities that focused on the younger cohort. So for us, it was fantastic to get involved, not just get involved as a charitable donator to the charity, but actually involved in really where we can add value other than just capital contributions. So, you know, running DEI programs, allowing to use our infrastructure to provide resource and opportunities for young people coming through the charity to enter into, you know, work experience, to engage them in training activities such as CVs, and also just engaging with our young people, understanding their story, understanding their background. We, we're very fortunate to have a, a very diverse workforce with actually over 30 different nationalities 
represented. So, you know, for young people coming from difficult backgrounds in the UK, it's interesting to hear their story. You know, they don't have that that network that they can tap into as easy as, you know, uh, we do. And therefore, you know, hearing their story about how they got to where they are, both from an education and personal development perspective. And, you know, we really um, love running those workshops. It's really engaging for our employees and, and hopefully it's engaging for the, the young people coming through the, the charity program as well. To hear feedback from, you know, my team who go and attend events and, and participate in those engaging, you know, workshops, it's incredibly powerful and it's kind of, you know, value that really money can't buy. You know, a lot of our young people have never seen a lot of the regions in the UK, for example. You know, they're not aware of some of the difficult circumstances that these young people emanate from. And it opens their eyes to, you know, how fortunate they are, but also how important it is to participate in a culture of giving. I think for young people, there's a lot of kind of sliding door moments where, you know, they make the wrong decision or they get attached to the wrong group of people or they tend to be pulled in a certain direction where, Actually, if you're part of a sport, you're part of a team, you're part of an organization and a culture, sometimes as a young person, that can keep you on the, the straight and narrow. And, and so many young people now in the UK don't have access to that level of infrastructure or sports involvement. And I think that's what's really unique about, you know, Delalia Rugby Works. I think it's just using really simple, tried and tested team leadership, training, personal development, self-development, communication, all of the key skills that we kind of take for granted being involved in any form of sport, but particularly rugby. And I think what's really, you know, beneficial is that it's just opening the eyes of the young people who are involved in the program to the benefits of that and actually catching them you know while they're still young giving them the benefits of that but more importantly then you know leveraging off those benefits to provide gateways into you know either education further education or employment um, and I think you know if we can you know touch the lives of you know some young people every year alter their path and give them a, a better course of direction that they previously had then our job's done. Hi my name's Dara Stamford and I was a young person on the Ruby Works programme from 2019 to 2020. I was getting excluded from school, absconding, um, running away from home, things like that. I was a very angry person. I didn't really have any dreams or aspirations. Ruby Works came into my school and um, because I went to a pro and obviously we were doing the sessions. I instantly found it interesting. Rugby Works really helped me calm down a lot and turn that anger into something positive. Playing the sport really helped me emotionally, physically, mentally. Just helped me become a better person, really. When I left school, it was COVID. So obviously, we didn't get to leave school properly or GGCSEs properly or anything. So obviously, I was thinking about uh, what to do after school, where to go, and like, I was stuck for a few years trying out different jobs, seeing which tickle my fancy. And then Zena reached out to me about a talk she wanted me to talk at. And then I fell in love with the company again. I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to help children's lives the way they do. So I'm a coach in the uh, Midlands. I go into schools and we help kids that have either um, have got behavioural issues or have been excluded from school. We'll basically mentor them into becoming more confident in themselves and we see a lot of changes like people that wouldn't even look at us that can maintain eye contact can now maintain eye contact and have a whole blown conversation like the little things are more rewarding it's kind of easier to relate with the young people as well because it's like i've been in your position and now i'm working for the company and yeah i mean earning a living wage 
you can make something of yourself as well. Like you don't have to be stuck in life where you're born or what you're born with. I mean, you can always work to be better. That's one thing that Lally of Rugby Works taught me as well. If I can change one person's life, it'll be worth it. The time to look after young people is now. What we're doing as a charity, as an organisation, is genuinely life-changing. You know, 65%, 65% of the prison population in the United Kingdom have been excluded from school. So once people are excluded, it's a pipeline to prison. What we're doing is we're working with those young people before they're excluded and taking them on a three-year journey and getting them into full-time employment and education. And we have an 85% success rate. So that's a pretty big turnaround. Now, it's not easy. No one said it would be easy. Working with this cohort is difficult and it takes time for our coaches and our mentors to really build that trust and build that relationship. As a charity, I think there's very different categories of challenges that we have to overcome. And the first is Groundhog Day every year, starting again to raise that one and a half million pounds to deliver to 1,500 young people and to help transform their lives working with them. And that is seen in a context of a cost of living crisis, real tragedies globally, in the context of coming out of the pandemic. It is difficult to get people to part with their cash and every year we have to ask people to do that. So that's a big challenge. I think another big challenge is always making sure that we are doing what we say we will do on the tin, that we are actually delivering the programme that we say we will deliver, that young people are telling us that it is working, that their lives are being improved, that their confidence is growing that their access to employment is being heightened. So I think that's another big challenge. And then your final sort of buckets of challenges, making sure that you can keep an incredibly dynamic, lively team engaged and working with you. Because obviously I'm not paying the same as if you went to work for Merrill Lynch Bank. And yet I want the same calibre, if not better, people. So it's about creating a team and a squad and a culture in the organisation where really good people want to stay. I'm really proud of everything that Rugby Works has achieved to date, but there is still so much more for us to do. I'd like Rugby Works to be able to reach out and work with more and more young people. Sadly, that you know the number of young people that find themselves excluded from mainstream education is, is, is on the up. I'd like the charity to grow to two, three, four thousand, you know, as many young people as possible, really, because I genuinely believe just because you're excluded from school it doesn't mean you should be excluded from society. And that ultimately is what we're doing as a charity. We're changing young people's lives and making sure that they're not excluded from society. There's so many children that are living in poverty, living with nothing. I just don't want anyone to feel how I felt when I was a child. And we strive to help them children to basically make them see that you can be born with nothing, but it doesn't mean you're nothing. You'll be someone. It doesn't matter where you come from or where you're born. It's who you become that matters. Lawrence gives acres and hours of his time because he genuinely cares. And he is one of the most compassionate individuals I've met. And for a big bruising rugby player, that's not a side you often see. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that rugby has changed my life. It came into my life at a time when I really needed it. And that's the reason why I set up Rugby Works. And that's why I feel so proud that rugby continues to have an impact on young people's lives. What we're doing with Rugby Works is not just giving young people a rugby ball. It is having a meaningful, life-changing impact on these young people. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. 